64,000 is the median number of words per book. Average person reads about 200 words per minute. Simple math will tell us that is one book in 320 minutes. To accomplish this in seven days, numbers say you would have to read for 45 minutes a day. Don't forget to subscribe. Hit that notification button, like, comment, and share. Enjoy. Hello. And happy day. How does slowing down sound to you today? Would you like to reduce the noise for just a bit? Are you ready to make a choice and decide to listen? My name is Igor S.F. Walker. I am here to remind people to slow down, to reduce the noise, walk their lives into a natural flow. Welcome back to the Book of the Week series. Every week as I read another amazing title, I share it with the world. And today we look at knowledge of the higher worlds and its attainment by Rudolf Steiner. In this video, we look at how path to supersensible knowledge leads the soul through experiences concerning the nature of which it is especially important to avoid all delusions and misconceptions. Yet it is but natural that the latter should arise in such questions as are here considered. In this connection, one of the most serious mistakes occurs when the whole range of inner experience dealt with in true spiritual science is distorted into appearing in the same category as superstition, visionary dreaming, mediumship, spiritism, and other degenerate practices. Stick around till the end. I will share with you some tools I have used that will help you tremendously in this game of life. Discover a way to find out what actually motivates you, what innate human need driving all of your decisions and your behavior. I will share some tools to improve your self-awareness, social awareness, self-management, and relationship management. Our civilization tends more towards critical judgment and condemnation than toward devotion and selfless veneration. Our children already criticize far more than they worship but every criticism, every adverse judgment past, disperses the powers of the soul for the attainment of the higher knowledge in the same measure that all veneration and reverence develops them. In this, we do not wish to say anything against our civilization. There is no question here of leveling criticism against it. Man could not have ever attained the science, the industry, the commerce, the right relationships of our time, had he not applied to all things the standard of his critical judgment. But what we do have thereby gained in external culture, we have had to pay for with a corresponding loss of higher knowledge of spiritual life. It must be emphasized that higher knowledge is not concerned with the veneration of persons, but the veneration of truth and knowledge. 
It is not easy at first to believe that feelings like reverence and respect have anything to do with cognition. This is due to the fact that we are inclined to set cognition aside as a faculty by itself, one that stands in no relation to what otherwise occurs in the soul. In so thinking, we do not bear in mind that it is the soul which exercises the faculty of cognition. And feelings are for the soul what food is for the body. And in spiritual science, everything depends upon energy, inward thoughtfulness, and uncompromising sincerity with which we confront our own selves with all our deeds and actions as a complete stranger. The golden rule of true spiritual science. The golden rule is as follows. For every one step that you do take in the pursuit of higher knowledge, take three steps in the perfection of your own character. The forces at work in the world are both destructive and constructive, and the destiny of manifested beings is birth and death. The seer is to behold the working of those forces and the march of destiny. The veil enshrouding the spiritual eyes in ordinary life is to be removed. But man is intervowing with these forces and with his destiny. His own nature harbors destructive and constructive forces. His own soul reveals itself to the seer as undisguised as the other objects. You must not lose strength in the face of this self-knowledge, but strength will fail him unless he brings a surplus on which to draw. For this purpose, he must learn to maintain inner calm and steadiness in the face of difficult circumstances. He must cultivate strong trust in the beneficent powers of existence. He must be prepared to find that many motives which had actuated him here too will do so no longer. He will have to recognize that previously he thought and acted in a certain way only because he was still in the throes of ignorance. Reasons that influenced him formerly will now disappear. The knowledge and proficiency conferred by initiation cannot be obtained in any other matter, except in some far distant future after many incarnations by quite different means and in quite a different form. The initiate of today undergoes experiences which would otherwise come to him much later under quite different circumstances. The secrets of existence are only accessible to an extent corresponding to man's own degree of maturity. And for this reason alone, the path to the higher stages of knowledge and power is beset with obstacles. I must certainly do everything I can for the training and the development of my soul and spirit. But I shall wait patiently 
until higher powers shall have found me worthy of definite enlightenment. If this thought becomes so powerful in the student that it grows into an actual feature of his character, then he is treading the right path. This feature soon sets its mark on his exterior. The gaze of his eye becomes steady. The movement of his body becomes sure. His decisions definite. And all that goes under the name of nervousness gradually disappears. Rules that appear trifling and insignificant must be taken into the account. Patience has the effect of attraction. Impatience, the effect of repulsion on the treasures of higher knowledge. In the high regions of existence, nothing can be attained by haste and unrest above all things desire and craving must be silenced for these equalities of the soul before which all higher knowledge shyly withdraws however precious this knowledge is accounted the student must not crave it if he wishes to attain it if he wishes to have it for his own sake he will never attain it this does require him to be honest with himself. In his innermost soul, he must in no case be under any illusion concerning his own self. Anyone practicing in an environment filled only with self-seeking interests, as for example the modern struggle for existence, must be conscious of the fact that these interests are not without their effect on the development of his spiritual organs. It is true that the inner laws of these organs are so powerful that this influence cannot be fatally injurious, just as a lily can never grow into a tistle. However inappropriate its environment, so too the eye of the soul can never grow into anything but its destined shape, even though it be subjected to the self-seeking interests of modern cities. But, under all circumstances, it is well if the student seeks now and again his environment in the restful peace, the inner dignity and sweetness of nature. Especially fortunate is the student who can carry out his esoteric training surrounded by the green world of plants, or amongst the sunny hills where nature weaves her web of sweet simplicity. This environment develops the inner organs in a harmony which can never ensure in a modern city. More favorably situated than the townsman is the person who during his childhood at least had been able to breathe in the fragrances of pines gaze on snowy peaks and observe the silent activity of woodland creatures and insects. Yet no city dweller should fail to give to the organs of his soul and spirit as they do develop the nurture that comes from the inspired teachings of spiritual research. The student must work his way upward to the realization that his thoughts 
and his feelings are as important for the world as his actions, it must be realized that it is equally injurious to hate a fellow being as it is to strike him. Realization will then follow that by perfecting ourselves, we accomplish something not only for ourselves, but for the whole world. The world derives equal benefit from our untainted feelings and thoughts as from our good demeanor. And as long as we cannot believe in this cosmic importance of our cosmic life, we are unfit for the path that is here described. We are only filled with the right faith in the significance of our inner self and significance, significance of our inner self, of our soul, when we work at it, though it produces an effect, just as does every action of our hand. Acquire the conviction that the real being of man does not lie in his exterior, but in his interior. The student must first apply himself with care and attention to certain functions of the soul, here to exercise by him in a careless and an inattentive manner. There are eight such functions. The first is the way in which ideas and concepts are acquired. The second of these functions is concerned with the control of resolutions. The student must not resolve upon even the most trifling act without well-founded and thorough consideration. The third function concerns speech. The student should utter no word that is devoid of sense and meaning. All talking for the sake of talking draws him away from his path. The fourth is the regulation of outward action. The fifth function includes the management of the whole of life. The sixth is concerned with human endeavor. The seventh deals with the effort to learn as much from life as possible. Finally, the eighth is as follows. The student must, from time to time, glance introspectively into himself, sink back into himself, and take counsel with himself for and test the fundamental principles of his life, run over in his thoughts the sum total of his knowledge weigh his duties and reflect upon the content and aim of life. In esoteric training, there is a question of four attributes which must be acquired on the so-called preparatory path for the attainment of higher knowledge. The first is the faculty of discriminating in thoughts between truths and appearance or mere opinion. The second attribute is the correct estimation of what is inwardly true and real as against what is merely apparent. The third rests in the practice of the six qualities already mentioned, thought control, control of actions, perseverance, tolerance, faith, 
and equanimity. And the fourth attribute is the love of inner freedom. A mere intellectual understanding of what is included in these attributes is of no value. They must be so incorporated into the soul that they incorporate a basis of inner habits. The brain of the higher clairvoyant divides into three independent active entities, the thought brain, the feeling brain, and the will brain. Thus, the organs of thinking, feeling, and willing become individualized. Their connection henceforth is not maintained by laws inherent in themselves, but must be managed by the awakened higher consciousness of the individual. This then is the change which the student observes coming over him. No connection arises of itself between an idea and a feeling or a will impulse unless he himself provides one. No impulse urges him from thought to action unless he himself in freedom give rise to this impulse. There are the three ways of error into which the student can stray. Number one, exuberant violence of will. Number two, sentimental emotionalism. And number three, cold, loveless, striving for wisdom. For upward observation, and also from the ordinary materialistic and medical standpoint, anyone thus gone astray is hardly distinguishable, especially in degree, from an insane, or at least a highly neurasthenic person. Of course, the student must not resemble these. It is essential for him that the three fundamental soul forces, thinking, feeling, and willing, should have undergone harmonious development before being released from their inherent connection and subordinated to the awakened higher consciousness. When the student has recognized all the elements from which he must liberate himself, his way is barred by a sublime luminous being whose beauty it's difficult to describe in the words of human language. This encounter takes place when the sundering of the organs of thinking, feeling, and willing extends to the physical body so that their reciprocal connection is no longer regulated by themselves, but by a higher consciousness, which is now entirely liberated itself from physical conditions. The organs of thinking, feeling, and willing will then be controlled by supersensible regions as instruments in power of the human soul. The latter, thus liberated from all physical bonds. No one should expect the occultists of the white path to give him instructions for the development of his own egotistical self. They do not take the slightest interest 
in the felicity of the individual man each can attain that for themselves and it is not the task of the white occultists to shorten the way for they are only concerned with the development and liberation of all human beings and all creatures their instructions therefore deal only with the development of powers for collaboration in this work thus they place selfless devotion and self-sacrifice before all other qualities they never actually refuse anyone for even the greatest egotist can purify himself but no one merely seeking an advantage for himself will ever obtain assistance from the white occultists even when they do not refuse their help he the seeker deprives himself on the advantages resulting from their assistance anyone therefore really following the instructions of the good occultists will upon crossing the threshold understand the demands of the greater guardian anyone however not following their instructions can never hope to reach the threshold their instructions if followed produce good results or no results for it is no part of their task to lead to egotistical felicity and a near existence in the supersensible world in fact it becomes their duty to keep the student away from the supersensible world until he can enter it with the will for selfless collaboration and there you have it knowledge of the higher worlds and its attainment please do help out it is easy simply like this video so more people can enjoy it share it too and spread the word leave a comment and share your thoughts subscribe to my channel and stay up to date and the link to this book is in the description below so buy it and read never stop learning especially learning about yourself and nature so gift yourself by taking the free human needs test on my website find out what actually motivates you what innate human need is driving all of your decisions and your behavior and if you feel you are ready to improve your self-awareness social awareness self-management and relationship management even further do check out my master of life awareness program the links are in the description below thank you love and respect